Okay, welcome back everybody to Arvo Manity. I am honored to be here with Dr. Sharon Rahman. She's a board certified OBGYN. She received her medical degree from Yale School of Medicine and her MBA from the University of Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh, it's my hometown. And over the years, she's worked in a variety of clinical settings, which has increased her appreciation for an understanding of the importance of optimizing women's health, both here and abroad. She specializes in female pelvic, vaginal, and sexual health, and especially for women in their midlives from 40 to 64. So welcome, Dr. Raman. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Pope. It's a pleasure. And please feel free to call me Rachel. But, um, you know, today I wanted to talk about heavy bleeding. And so many women experience heavy menstrual bleeding and there's a couple of different causes, which I know we'll end up going into, but, you know, some people just couldn't think that it's normal, but I wanted to kind of ask you, when should people come see a gynecologist or when should someone come look for help? That's an excellent question, because how do you know if your bleeding's abnormal? Mm -hmm. It's not often that women get together and compare their menstrual cycles. Right, right. I have this story, a true story, of a woman who ended up in the emergency room, profoundly anemic. Oh my goodness. And they did the evaluation and realized that she was bleeding heavily because of fibro tumors. Wow. And they said, um, don't you ever go to your gynecologist? And she said, I go every year. Yeah. And they said, well, do they ever ask you about your cycle? Mm -hmm. And she said, they ask me, every visit yeah and they said well what do they ask you and she said they asked me is my cycle normal mm. and for her normal was defined as bleeding 10 days out of the month changing her pad every hour on the hour wow. never realizing that she was bleeding too much yeah. and so a lot of women don't really know how to quantify that yeah. And one of the, the caveats that we use, if you're an otherwise healthy female mm -hmm. and you have annual labs drawn and it shows that you're anemic, yeah. there's a high probability that you're anemic because your periods are too heavy. By definition, we say that you should not bleed more than seven days total. You should not need to change your pad every hour. You shouldn't necessarily need to double up. Some women right. will use a tampon or a cup or some right. sort of combination. If you are doing those things, yeah. then that should be an indication that you need to be seen and be evaluated. First, if you're anemic. And second, okay. are you anemic as a result of bleeding too heavily? Right and you're bleeding too heavily as a result of some sort of gynecological issue. Okay. And so those are the steps that women need to um, be aware of. Okay, so if you're a person who is bleeding that heavily or if you're occasionally bleeding that heavily, you're saying she should come see the gynecologist and what should she be asking about or what should she be kind of expecting? So first of all, you need to diagnose 
are you bleeding too heavily? Mm -hmm. And then the next question, the $64,000 question is why? Why are you bleeding too heavy? And then there's a, a list, a checklist that we have for gynecological reasons that we have to explore. Is it because you have a bleeding disorder? And a lot of times bleeding disorders are not detected Mm-hmm. For any other reason, then she has a really heavy menstrual. Is it because of some sort of anatomical problem? Do you have fibroids? Or what is the indication? Is it because you don't ovulate on a regular basis? And so you go months without a cycle and then start to have these cycles that just seem to be very profuse when they really right. do come. Right. So all of that needs to be evaluated. And there isn't one simple test, Mm -hmm. but there's an evaluation. There's a process that needs to be undergone to determine what is the cause. Okay. And when would a woman want to suspect that she might have fibroids or when that should that be kind of on her radar? Well, there are women that are at high risk. Mm -hmm. And so they should be checked. We know that African-American women have a higher risk of fibroid tumors. We tend to get them at an earlier age mm-hmm. and we tend to be more symptomatic. But often it's detected either on a routine GYN exam, your gynecologist might do a bimanual examination and can actually feel okay. that the uterus is larger than expected. Mm-hmm. Or the other possibility, which is starting to become a little more common, you have an ultrasound mm-hmm. for some reason. Right. And on the ultrasound or in some sort of diagnostic imaging, fibroids are detected. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like fibroids are so common, but when I look up the statistics, it it gives you this huge range, 20 to 70% of women have fibroids. I just kind of think somewhere in the middle, probably 60% of women. Not every woman with a fibroid is symptomatic. Right. And that's, that's the first thing you can have a fibroid and have no issues. It's the women that are symptomatic. The two top symptoms are heavy bleeding, pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then for women who are trying to become pregnant, sometimes fibroids can interfere with that process. And so usually it's one of those three symptoms or problems that prompts an evaluation that identifies fibroids as being an issue. Okay. And I know one of the things that comes up for me with my patients a lot is sometimes people want to go straight for a hysterectomy and some people that's the last thing that they want to do. So what do you find from your practice? How do you counsel people on like when to intervene and how much to intervene? That's a great question because there's so many factors that depend. It depends on her age, meaning Mm -hmm. is she close to menopause? Yeah. Or does she want to have babies? And so you also want to know, well, how many fibroids are we talking about and where are they located? And that's usually the purpose of the ultrasound. If your gynecologist feels as though your uterus is enlarged, the next thing we want to know is, does she have fibroids? Where are they located? How big are they? Mm -hmm. And then that helps to determine the management strategy because There is no one size fits all. And that's really, really important for women to understand. Just because your sister had or your mother had, it may be fully different for you, depending on the location of the fibroids, the size of the fibroids, and your particular desires. Where are you in this 
you know, this stage of life. Are you trying yeah. to have children? Are you through having children? All yeah. those types of things factor in. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point because I do have women who come in and say, oh, my mother had a hysterectomy in her thirties. My sister had a hysterectomy in her thirties. And I know that that's what's going to happen to me. But like yeah. you said, it's just yeah. not the same for everybody. And it's slowly evolving. I found in my own practice that a lot of women who are symptomatic, usually it's bleeding too much, suffer. That's the mm -hmm. only word that I can use for it. They suffer because they think the only option yeah. is a hysterectomy. Hi friends, I'm here to remind you to subscribe and like to the podcast. I love doing this. I love bringing people on, but I need to know if you're actually listening to me. I get no feedback out here. So I know things are going out and then suddenly I'll talk to someone and they say, oh yeah, I love your podcast. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening. So if you want to stay in the know, you want to get notified when new episodes come back, please, please, please subscribe and like go into your podcast and you just in the upper right corner, you press the plus sign and it turns to a check mark and then you're subscribing. And then of course you can like it five stars, of course, right? If you can, please. And, um, if you Spotify, if you Zencaster, whatever you use, it's fine. Just please subscribe and like, thank you. And so they suffer and they bleed and they become anemic and being anemic sets up another cascade of medical problems. Mm -hmm. And so eventually they show up in the gynecologist's office when they've exhausted all their possibilities yeah. and they kind of resign themselves to, I need surgery. And for a long time, that was probably appropriate in the sense that we didn't have much else to offer. Our modus operandi was, well, when you become symptomatic, uh -huh. then we can deal with it. But there are other options that are becoming available to women, which means you don't have to wait until your hemoglobin is four. You don't have to destroy entire wardrobe clothing. Yeah. You don't have to walk around tired and fatigued. So there are options that can be discussed that are available to women, which is good yeah. news. And they're yeah. kind of proactive things that women can even consider doing. Yeah. Would you mind telling us a little bit of what you most commonly prescribe or recommend to your patients that other than hysterectomies for women who have fibroid uteruses or heavy bleeding? Yeah. So it depends on her complaint and what her wishes are. Okay. Some women just want to control the symptom, mm -hmm. meaning I'm bleeding too much. I don't want to bleed this much. I don't want anything else done. And so then you will do things that will help to decrease the bleeding. It's right. not treating the fibroid. It's just treating the, the symptom symptoms. created by the fibroid. Okay. And that can be as simple as starting a woman on birth control pills, mm -hmm. or a lot of women at this stage really don't want birth control pills, but there's an IUD that can be inserted into the uterus, which will help to decrease the bleeding. There's a medication, transnexamic acid, which can sometimes be prescribed to women while they're on their menstrual cycle to decrease the bleeding. And then there's a newer medication that's come on board to kind of make your body think you've gone through menopause. Mm -hmm. And then that helps to decrease the bleeding. So there are options. And again, that depends on where she is and right. what she wants. Right. Um, then there are women who are um, maybe perimenopausal mm -hmm. um, and they think, um, I know the average age of menopause is 51. I'm 48. 
is there mm -hmm. something I can do that will kind of bridge me Sorry, over? over? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are things, again, depending on the size, the location, and the number of fibroids, there may be an option of an endometrial ablation. Yeah. Where the goal is you essentially destroy, yeah. destroy the lining of the uterus with the understanding if there's no functional tissue, yeah. you shouldn't have bleeding. So that's an option. And then you get into more advanced procedures. Sometimes you try to remove the fibroid. Mm -hmm. Surgically, that's called a myomectomy. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. are newer procedures where you actually destroy the fibroid and you mm -hmm. do that through ultrasound and so yeah. those are other options and they become a little more invasive and a little mm -hmm. more intense depending on your option and then the ultimate option is a hysterectomy mm -hmm. and I can say with a hysterectomy all those things that I listed it is the one associated with the most complications even though complications aren't that frequent but mm -hmm. of all those things but it is also the most definitive. Right, right. So, so there's a trade-off. That makes sense. And um, okay, so one of my favorites, but also not my favorites, because I wish that this one didn't even exist, but you know, you have someone who has heavy bleeding and they don't have fibroids, their uterus on ultrasound looks totally normal. And then you start to suspect adenomyosis. Would you mind talking a little bit about adenomyosis? So adenomyosis is actually a little harder to explain. Mm -hmm and maybe a little harder to understand. But the one thing that it has in common with fibroids is that often the symptoms are similar. Heavy bleeding, and a lot of times the pain associated with menstrual cycles seems truly out of the norm. You can think of the uterus as having two very distinct compartments. There's the lining, which is called the endometrium, and then there's the muscular wall the myometrium, yeah. two very distinct layers, so to speak. With a fibroid, one of those muscular cells within the myometrium starts to grow abnormally and you end up with a fibroid, which is a solid tumor. It can be located on the outside of the uterus, within the wall of the uterus, or actually push into the cavity. Mm -hmm. But it's a solid tumor. It's a mass that you can actually usually carve out. Right. Adenomyosis is quite different in that we see it when the lining of the uterus or the endometrium starts to penetrate into the muscular wall. And you lose that clear definition of this is the endometrium, this is the myometrium. You have this infiltration into the myometrial tissue, which often leads to symptoms that are very similar to that that a woman experiences, she have fibroids. The treatment options are often very similar in that you may try to just treat the symptoms, the heavy bleeding or the pain associated with it. Some people believe if you do an ablation where you destroy the lining, that helps. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times when the pain is so severe, there's the hysterectomy. Right. That's super helpful because I find it hard to explain to my patients, you know, when they're Oh, it is, is hard. From? What do you mean everything looks normal? <laughs> That's right. That's right. On physical examination, usually the uterus will feel foggy and slightly larger than what you would expect for a non-pregnant patient. Right. And on ultrasound, they usually describe it as being slightly enlarged 
and they will say something to the effect that they see penetration of the endometrium into the myometrium. Very helpful if it if they say that. Yeah, and you said the treatments are pretty similar. Um, pretty similar. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, could be um, birth control pills. Can be something treating the symptoms or yeah. mm -hmm. yes. And then um, last resort, hysterectomy, which, you know, we see, we see patients kind of just get fed up and tired of the bleeding and, and it's irony. And maybe the solution is that we do have to talk about these yeah, things. I, I totally agree. I think we need to change the paradigm that we function under as yeah. OBGYN. I shouldn't say to a woman, wait, and when you get symptomatic, when it gets right. bad enough, come see me. Right. I personally feel as though women should get an ultrasound, pelvic ultrasound, every one to two years, depending on risk factors. Mm, okay. And if she's identified with small yeah. fibroids, that's the time to start telling her, these are the things that you might be able to do. Be aware of. Okay. Okay. To minimize your symptoms. And we know that often with a pelvic exam, you're not necessarily feeling everything. Yeah. Or some people are just not trained enough to appreciate the difference. Sure. So with an ultrasound, you can identify it and women can start to be proactive and you would start to do things like, oh, she has a fibroid. I wonder if she's anemic. Mm -hmm. And we're not only looking at the hemoglobin or matocrit, we might look at the transparent level and those type of things to give us a clue and make her aware yeah, so that she can start do things before she feels like I have no option. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so it's such an interesting way to look at it, you know, to be proactive rather than reactive. Absolutely. And I think prior to now, we didn't have a lot to offer. It was yeah, either true. wait, and then we'll do surgery. Yeah. Have and your now, babies if you're going to have babies and then. Yeah. And then now we'll there are other options and it's easier to treat if they're yeah. relatively small, we don't want to start treating a woman when she looks like she's already pregnant due to the fibroids. Right. You know? Right. Well, oh, that's a really good point. Well, thank you so much. This has been super helpful. I got so much experience and I really love having you speak to this. And I guess bottom line is seek out proactively help about your health when it comes Absolutely. to your uterus. If you suspect that you have heavy uterine bleeding already or that your periods are heavy, talk to your doctor about it. Ask what is considered heavy and just clarify to make sure that your normal is not actually something to make your health at risk. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you.